Welcome, friends, to Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast, where we are bringing the power of prevention to you. I am your host, Curtis Kopotic, and I am joined by my co-host, Amber Brown. And today we are talking to Eric Gislison. Hi, Curtis. Yeah, Eric is coming to us from the National Association of Safety Professionals, also known as the NASP. He's the executive director and principal trainer. Now, one thing, this is a, another organization, an option that we've talked to several different uh, safety organizations that do training. This is uh, another one and a good resource. And he brings in a lot of great insights on not only what his company does, but also some simple things that every company can do and implement to make you know their training and their interactions with their employees more improved to get the message of safety across. Yeah, even though it's kind of a common theme message as far as, well, I didn't really necessarily start out in the safety profession, but that's the way I ended up. You know, he's got a lot of good information in our interview with him and even more information about the NASP for all of our listeners. So thank you for joining us, Eric. And we will start as we always do and just want to give our listeners a bit of your background and what led you into the world of safety. Oh, well, Curtis, I appreciate it. And thank you and Amber for the opportunity to be here this morning with you. I guess the path for me to safety was a little bit unorthodox. I started with a degree in environmental studies and out of college was working for a company doing underground storage tank removal and you know, I had that big college degree and said, what can I do to change the world? And they said, well, we'll start you out at about 18500 a year to start. And I said, well, wait a minute, I have a four-year college degree. And they said, well, yeah, that's why we're starting you out at 18005 So that was yeah, changing oh the God. world is very, very <laughs> non-rewarding sometimes financially. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> but I worked with that company for about a year and a half and was still uh, trying to make ends meet. And uh cross paths with another company called Southeast Response and Remediation here in Wilmington. And they were a big cleanup company for about uh, 27 di different industries on Cape Fear River. A little unknown fact about Cape Fear River in Wilmington, it used to be the ninth most polluted river in the country. So yay, Cape Fear River. But it's gotten better. So I was working with that uh, company and they were doing safety training on the side to help some of their clients. And the general the manager approached me about starting a company just doing safety training. And so we started a company back in 1990 called Environmental and Safety Services, which just specialized in a lot of safety and environmental training, HAZWOPER, confined space. And that's kind of where I started out my career and, uh, and progressed from there. Now, we do have to ask, what rank is the river now? You know, I, I Googled it. It's not even in the top 20, so that's good. That's, that's amazing. Awesome. Okay. Fantastic. Yes. Good work. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the uh, safety professionals that we've had on the podcast, when we ask them their background, it typically starts out, well, I didn't take the usual route. I'm starting to wonder what this usual route is that people think, <laughs> I don't think to get exists. to the safety professionals, because I don't think we've had anybody take a normal route. That's true. It's true. Abnormal is the normal, it sounds like. so. That is a fair point. You know, it's, it's a lot of them will go with an OHS degree, but typically I find that it's going to be somebody that was tools of the trade that got into safety because they maybe they'd seen things in their career that that prompted them to have a passion for safety or sometimes you get uh, military people that that head down the safety road or environmental that cross over into safety but my my passion was definitely for for a safe workplace 
And I feel like safety isn't something that a degree doesn't always promote passion. And you want people who are passionate. And so just because somebody has a degree in safety doesn't mean that's what they're passionate about. So I'd rather find somebody who is passionate that has a degree in environmental science or, you know, something with with that than necessarily somebody who got a degree in safety that's kind of like, yeah, I'm doing it because my degree's in it. So I I do think that's a a positive. So let's kind of dive deeper into the, this National Association of Safety Professionals that you're part of and bring our listeners, you know, kind of give them that information on who this group is and who they're made up of and you know how this group differs from the other safety professionals. So we'll start with that first question. What is the National Association of Safety Professionals and who is it made up of? Sure. So NASP, the National Association of Safety Professionals, uh, we've been around since 2000. I, I came with the company about six years ago. We are a group of safety professionals that provide safety-related training and certification. So it started out as a very small company, and then we really wanted to focus on providing credentials to our point previously for maybe people that didn't have a degree in OHS or EHS. So we provided them accreditation, or not accreditation, but certifications that would allow them to perform and function better within their workplace as a safety professional. We have a variety of different safety-related courses and certifications. Gosh, I think we're up to about 75 different classes. We teach those, a lot of them online, obviously with the COVID situation that it went all online, but we also do classroom courses as well. We do a lot for a small company. <laughs> and then who is it made up of mainly? As far as the type of personnel, we're all typically safety professionals. We've got a variety of, most of them are general industry professionals. Uh, we do have some contractors that uh, do construction safety, but we're primarily made up of general industry professionals with varying backgrounds in, in various industries. Before we dive deeper into these courses that you were talking about, Eric, what are some of the benefits of becoming a member of the NASP? So NASP members, we are national and we're international. Uh, we probably do about 30% of our business uh, overseas in the Middle East, uh, Africa, India. So we have franchises in these various areas. And a lot of these folks have become basically trainers for NASP, and that's part of their membership package. So now you don't have to do that. There's there's lots of benefits to becoming a member other than being able to train as part of the NASP franchise or partnership. But a lot of people buy our memberships for the resources. We provide a library of resources. I'm talking hundreds, if not thousands of PowerPoints and tests and quizzes. So if you're doing training in-house, you get sample plans and programs. You get all sorts of goodies from our resource center that's constantly being updated. We also, if you're a member, you get discounts on the on the courses themselves. So sometimes hundreds of dollars per course, you get savings for any type of course that you take with us after becoming a member. And then we also have what's called an abinity package, which Think of it like a triple A for the safety professional. You get, uh, you can put it, uh, download it on uh, on your phone, the app on your phone. This amenity package, it's like discounts on gas, discounts on going to Disney World, discounts on movies, all sorts of things like that. And then we also have partnerships that members can take advantage of. We have partners with uh, attorneys who represent companies that maybe 
having OSHA situations or environmental situations that they need attorneys to help them out. There's lots of uh, benefits to becoming a an NASP member. That's awesome. So I think what people are always looking for in any sort of organization, it's accessibility and ease of use. So just always having things when they want it, right? They don't, people usually don't want to be told, uh, but they want to be invited to get whatever they want and know where to go. So you talked about some of these courses. What do you think are some of the main courses that really jump out as unique or special, or these are ones that are really powerful that the NASP does offer? Yeah, that's a great question. So we offer varying levels, anything from awareness type courses that may be end users, maybe your general worker might take these online just to brief them on their safety related responsibilities as it pertains to a particular job. You know, things like lockout or confined space or hazard communication, those types of things, all the way up to very high level professional development courses. I would say our uh, flagship course, Curtis, is called the Certified Safety Manager course. And it's a week-long course. We actually do have it online, but I'm old school and uh, I like the classroom. And the Certified Safety Manager course offers a variety of OSHA-related topics within this 40-hour course, but it also focuses on safety management, safety management systems, training methodologies. It meets ANSI's requirements uh, under some of their regulations for a train-the-trainer. ANSI and OSHA finally have, have wised up to the fact that you need to be able to train people in adult training methodologies. We call it andragogy, which just is a fancy name for training adults versus information dumping for children. We focus a lot on that in this Certified Safety Manager course and, again, cover a lot of the OSHA standards in depth. And it's it's a very lively, fast-moving course. And uh, it's probably our flagship course and what we're most famous for. A quick break in our interview to talk about safety compliance and something that's also cool is on-demand safety compliance. So what do I mean by that? Fit for Work understands that no one professional can house all the necessary areas of safety knowledge and skills needed to keep your facility and organization compliant. We also understand that in addition to budgetary constraints, uh, the need to be compliant is not a one-time thing. This is why in addition to our core per-project consulting services, we also also offer very affordable safety subscription services to allow your team to have an ongoing partner in safety compliance. Whether you're just getting started or improving on a more seasoned safety program, our experts are here to provide compliance solutions that will both prevent injuries and improve productivity. Get a hold of us by visiting our website, wellworkforce.com and clicking on connect with us to learn more. Eric, when I was checking out the website, I noticed that that course is coming up the end of September. Can you tell us a little bit as far as who should sign up for that course, what it's going to entail, what it kind of looks like for our listeners? Yeah, I think the course, this will be the last one that we have for 2021. Obviously, we have a succinct schedule because of the COVID virus. So if you guys want to get into that one, if your listeners want to get into that one, that one would be the one to get into. And really, Amber, it's anybody who is a safety manager or safety professional that does training in-house. 
again, it meets the train the trainer guidelines of ANSI Z490.1, which doesn't mean anything to a lot of people. But that's one of those standards that talks about you need to have a train the trainer course in the topics that you're going to be teaching. So we really focus on that aspect of it. The demographics of our of our courses are very wide ranging. We have uh, individuals who are new to safety. It can be a little overwhelming for those folks, but uh, they usually get a lot out of it. All the way to the veterans who you know have twenty plus years of experience, but they want that credential. They want the CSM behind their their name, and so they uh, they take these courses and and we divide the classes up accordingly and help the newbies work with the veterans in the class. We're really big on class interaction and working together participatory learning, which is which is very important in a, an adult training environment. Well, and I do have a kind of a question about that, where when we talk about children versus adults, if there is like, obviously not, you don't want to give the whole course now, but if there was like one thing that stood out to you as most people wouldn't think about, like, could you give me one example is what's different about teaching adults as it is as teaching children? I think getting them engaged, making it participatory, uh, making it problem solving, showing them, you know, the old uh, WIFM acronym, what's in it for me? I don't me? know what that, oh, okay, yeah, okay. The old, the I like old that. Because I, I agree, I do feel like children are much more um, just accepting, if you will, of the information given, as opposed to adults who are really, we, we're trained to be more skeptical, or we are by nature, I don't know which. But so you, you're saying that really spending time on the what's, what's in it for me makes a big difference. It does. You're, you're talking about passive learners versus active learners. And adults really want to know what the benefit of this training and how it's going to impact their life in a positive way. That would not be reading regulations and putting them to sleep in the class, which I've sat through many of those courses that did exactly that. Our classes are exciting and engaging, and I feel really comfortable in saying that about a safety course, but it's really true. Nice. That's what we like to hear. To 2021 coming up, what is something new in 2021 or coming in 2022 that you can share with us? Well, I am so excited and glad that you asked that, Curtis, because officially yesterday we got our ANSI accreditation as a certifying body. Congratulations. <laughs> That's so awesome. This has taken us, Amber, two and a half years to receive this accreditation. And what that entails is we are a training organization, right? So we are ISET accredited. ISET means this is a different agency. ISET means that we're allowed to give continuing education units for our courses. So anybody that has a professional designation in place can use the ISET accredited CUs to keep their professional designation in place. The ANSI accreditation is tests. So we have a lot of our competitors that say, well, you're a training organization that issues certificates, but you're not a certification organization. So we went through the process to become a certification organization. And now we have two workplace safety professional tests. That means you don't have to take our training to qualify for the test. If you've got an academic and experiential background that allows you to sit for the test, then you can do that. And so that's what all, some of our larger competitors do. They don't train, they just do testing. And that's exactly what these two tests do. We've got an MSP, which is a master safety professional. That's the highest level. And then we've got a CSD, which is a certified safety director. That's if you don't quite have the academic or experiential background to sit for the highest level, then you can start with the CSD and then work your way up to the MSP. What I like about these tests 
guys, is that there's some large organizations out there that have safety professional credentials. They're really focused on math and engineering. They're not workplace safety. We've really geared these tests and these certifications towards true practical workplace safety. And I think that's the differentiator between us and some of our competitors. I don't need to know a lot of math and science to do my job on a regular basis. I hire other people or I've got pieces of equipment that give me that information to do calculations. But what I do need to know is how do I act as a safety manager? What are the responsibilities as it pertains to OSHA compliance, safety management systems, training methodologies? Some environmental regulations are in there too. It is a really good test of what a safety professional really needs to be focused on. If you had two different people, so you say you have your 10-year veteran safety manager and your brand new safety manager, for those individuals, is there a topic that both need to learn just as much as the other? Um, or do you feel like those who are newer need different information? What, what message is common that both need to be brought up to speed on or both make sure they fully understand as a safety manager? That's a really excellent question. I think that, you know, the newer people in the field really need to get the practical aspects. When I first got into it, I'm not going to lie, I was book smart and not street smart. So I would shadow people in the organization, maintenance people, operations managers, those type of people that would teach me what it really was like to do the job and understand the difficulties of safety compliance when it's really a job that you have to do. And, and let's face it, most companies are still production oriented. So for the newbies, I think that that's the things they need to focus on, the practical aspects of, hey, I know OSHA says this, but how does that really affect me? in real life and how do I do my job and still be safe at the same time without preaching regulations to your employees? I think that new people would learn a lot from that aspect. For the uh, older folks that have been in it for a longer period of time, I think that the key is communication with management and the employees that we're not safety cops, right? We're not here to write you up, fire you, send you home, but we are here to enforce compliance with you helping us to enforce. I think the key to a successful safety program is getting the involvement, the management commitment, employee involvement, hazard identification, training and education, and program evaluation. That's the elements of a safety management system. And I feel like some of our veterans may lose focus on that and really just get focused on the compliance aspect of it. That was a very well-packed answer there, Eric. A lot of good information in there. And, and I can definitely relate to the just getting hands-on experience, you know, as an athletic trainer by trade and education. I had to do 1,500 hours of observational work before I could graduate, before I could even sit for our certification exam. And I think that that's something that a lot of professions have gone away from in the last few years. I don't know if it's they're trying to hurry people through or they just don't have the time or especially especially now as far as having a lot of things online. So I can, I can definitely relate to that. And I think kind of a big theme throughout what we've talked about today, even just in your introduction, is it doesn't matter what your background is or where you've come from. If you've got this passion for workplace safety, the National Association of Safety Professionals is, is there to help you either further your education, help you along with the certifications, and just really kind of get you 
you going in the right direction. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, we are truly a resource. And boost your confidence if there's anything you just feel a little less confident on when it comes to safety, because it's very easy when your title as a safety professional, assume that you know, you know, others look to you and sometimes we can play off that rule of, well, because I'm a safety professional, I should know, but that's just not the way it works. And being able to have a quick, good resource to get that information is can do loads for your confidence. Oh, Curtis, you hit the nail on the head with that. I, I always talk about the fact in a lot of my classes, I teach this. It's like the more I learn, the more I know I don't know. Being a safety professional, that's like saying I'm a doctor. Well, wait a minute. Are you a doctor in, are you a podiatrist? Are you a cardiologist? You're saying you don't want to go to your urologist with a concussion? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> oh my gosh, right. Curtis. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had that. I had that incident once where somebody, a kid, child, had a concussion, and their parents took him to the uh, a urologist and got him to sign off that he was okay to play. Not okay. It's not okay. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. And it's it's one of those. There are so many different paths within the OHS umbrella. You know, you could be a, a specialist in confined space rescue or industrial hygiene. You can't be. A specialist in everything in the safety field. And that's that's why you can never get too much training. I, I constantly am taking classes myself and learning things that I don't know. And, and that's what we want to be as the National Association of Safety Professionals is a resource for everybody to use uh, to their advantage in learning new stuff because it's going to be a constant, continuous improvement cycle. That's awesome. Eric, where can people go to find out more information, either about the NASP, about these courses that are being offered? We are definitely a website company. That's where we get all of our traffic, and that's www.naspweb.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Eric. It's been a pleasure talking to you and getting to know you a little bit and getting another resource for those safety professionals out there to grow their confidence. So we appreciate your time. I really appreciate it, Curtis, Amber. Thank you so much for the opportunity. We want to thank Eric for joining us today and also congratulate him and the NASP on their recent accreditation. I've been a, a part of a few universities going through different accreditation processes, and I just know what a big deal that can be and just really want to congratulate them on a job well done and what this means for the future of NASP, the members and those that take its courses. I've never been about that process, but I've heard plenty of stories and uh, it takes a lot of work. I really like his approach approach to teaching adults and conveying that message of what's in it for me. I remember as a kid, I never really started questioning why am I learning this math until probably high school? And then it's like, am I really going to need to know the parabola of this rocket ship? I mean, I don't plan on sending a rocket up, but as we get older, we get more skeptical. We get like, why do I really need to know this? And the fact that they focus on the on that through their training and teaching you as a safety professional how to do that. I really think that's so powerful is being able to convey that message in a way that adults will be able to bring down their walls of skepticism. So especially in the safety world and and you know I have done a couple of safety courses where just like he said it's reading. Right. Here's this um, regulation. I told you once and therefore that's good enough. Exactly. And it's just, and you know, like you said, it's boring. It's hard to absorb the information. So the fact that they focus on the what's in it for me just gets me excited about taking one of their courses. 
Oh, for sure. Definitely. So we want to thank you all for listening to this episode of Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast, where we are bringing the power of prevention to you. Please like and subscribe wherever you listen. And to get started preventing injuries, please visit our website, wellworkforce.com and click on the connect with us button to learn more. And remember, prevention improves lives.